Welcome to Pancake's House, a conversational podcast about creativity, about the work that goes behind the work. This is an amazing episode. Uh, yeah, I don't really want to tell you too much about it. I had another couple of great conversations at the International Black Film Festival back last year, and these two are great examples of that time. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I'm uh, in the middle of, uh, Pancakes House Productions is in the middle of uh, doing a screening for the feature-length documentary that we completed at the end of last year called One Last Summit, and I sent out the email today for the private screening uh, of that film, and my computer has been blowing up, y'all, blowing up. Anyway, I don't want to talk a lot about that right now. What I want to talk about are these two amazing artists who have made brilliant works. Uh, the first one is Prince Dominic, and his short film, Thick Water, uh, played at the International Black Film Festival last year, and he got some good news, y'all. He got some good news. Um, so go find him on Instagram and follow his work. I will put a link to uh, his work in the show notes below. And the next interview is with Melina Cunningham. Cunningham oh my gosh. Melina Cunningham Anderson and her film Little Music Man Child, The Malik Kofi Story. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for you to hear all about this and get this movie, get this story, y'all. Get this story down deep inside of you. Here she is. Enjoy. All right, so I guess first thing I got to know is who are you and what are you doing? Um, I'm Prince Dominic. Um, I'm a filmmaker based in Los Angeles, California. Right on. Um, my short film, Thick Water, got into um, IBFF. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm doing. Right nice. on. So tell me about, uh, did you say Thick Water? Thick Water. Tell me about Thick Water. Um, thick Water is about brothers, stepbrothers. Um, one's white, one's black. Um, and basically their relationship and their experience growing up in a stereotypical um, society um, has a lot to do with race relations and police brutality and, and, and a lot of stuff that's really going on and very... Um, um, relevant in what's going on in society um, today right now yeah yes. I was I, I so have you been how many days have you been at the festival this is my second day here okay so you didn't get to see the panel or the uh, the pre-screening of Marshall I didn't, movie, didn't I, did. I really wanted to make it but I was I was traveling during that I, time I gotta tell you Prince it was I mean you're you're watching a movie about a time long you know, a few, many years ago, and yet you're watching a movie that thematically mm -hmm. is hitting it's, it's every hitting it right now. nerve it's, of today. It's crazy. It's, yeah, it is, yeah. it is this, it, that whole thing that mom used to tell me was, you know, history is something you learn from, mm -hmm. and you're going, are, are we just copying the yeah. pages? It's crazy. It repeats, repeats itself. And so like, your film is really also touching on that, but from a modern is. perspective, from is a, that what you're doing? From a modern perspective, it's, 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 um, it follows the brothers from childhood all the way up into their early 20s. Okay. And so, but it is um, the, the uh, I guess, the climax, um, cl climax uh, 
of this of the film is modern or is, is uh, definitely uh, taking place. Okay. Um, in this and is it a, uh, so? So one of the brothers is adopted. They're both adopted. They are. Um, their parents got married. So the white, oh, okay. um, the white uh, brother, his mother married the black brother's father. Okay. And so they're stepbrothers. So they're stepbrothers. Yes. But they they became stepbrothers at a younger age. At, yeah, from from toddlers. Oh, they're, great. They've been, so so they, they've been brothers. So this is they're, their normal. Yes. Yeah, so this is their normal. Up. So Good. they they they're, they 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 are they. This is all they are used to. Okay. And so. It's really um, the the film is taken. Actually, we see we watch the film through the eyes or through the perspective of the white brother, and he actually has the character arc in the film because um, um, he learns a lot about his 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 own privilege, and then also how some of his actions um, affected his brother. Um, his brother was actually the one that got. I don't want to, you know, give too many. Spoilers. No, 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 no. Yeah, we don't want to give yeah. it away. But yeah, his brother was actually got actually got shot by the um, police for something that the white brother had. Oh no. Um, had had did. Yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, yeah, it's about it's really about brotherhood and forgiveness. And and when I developed the story, and I really um, when I developed the characters, I really wanted the characters to be metaphors for for society. And 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 they are actually real. They're more so symbolic characters, rather than um, well, they are literal characters, but they they're very symbolic in and in, in, in how we can remember the past and move forward and, and forgive the past for, for any past grievances that we've had as a nation, okay. you know? And so it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, symbolic and uh, symbolic film as well. So how did you, so you wrote this. I wrote, yes. Okay, so how did you, how did, how did you go about the process of writing this? I mean, it sounds like you're, I, I'm, I'm gonna assume that there's some experience in life that helped with this, but maybe I'm completely it wrong is, there. Actually, um, well, initially I I, w- I started writing this film when I was in grad school, getting my master's, and this was my thesis. And where'd you go to school? Um, I went to the New York Film Academy in Los Angeles, California. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I knew I had to write a short film. Um, but I always knew that I wanted it to be a feature film. Okay. And so um, I had to pack this feature film idea into a, a short film. Yeah. Um, so after I did the short film, that's when I went ahead and finished writing the feature. And now I'm in pre-production for the feature. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the characters definitely are based off of people that I know. And some of, um, some of the uh, characteristics of the African-American brother um, has a lot of the uh, character characteristics that I have. He is a musician. Um, he studied, went to school for music, which mm-hmm. was one of the things I went to school for in undergrad. Okay. Undergrad. Um, and um, I'm a big lover of classical music and different styles of music. Yeah. And he's a big lover of classical music. Okay. And 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 I really wanted to design his character kind of after me a little bit because. Um, at first look, a lot of people don't know that I am, you know, I got, you know, multiple degrees. I love classical music and stuff like that. And especially, you know, the law doesn't see that. And so when I've been uh, profiled by police, they don't see that. They don't see that side of me. Yeah. And a lot of these uh, these unarmed um, African-Americans who get shot by down by the police, 
you know, when the news media covers them, they always try to bring up the negative, but they don't see the the, the positive sides of these people and, and, and some of the good things that they've they've done. And I, I've always wondered if something ever happened to me, what would they say about me in the news? Like, would they, you know, would they tell everyone that I, I, I'm a, a you know, cl classically trained composer? Or would they tell anyone, you know, that you know right. I have multiple degrees and stuff right. like that? Or would they try to find something? I don't have much, you know, to. There's to, not a lot of dirt <laughs> to dig up. They right. don't have much uh, dirt to dig up for me. But would they just try to find something negative so, about me to, to to report on? So forgive me. I I'm I'm I, I'm I'm trying to get into a headspace here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you've come halfway across the country. Mm-hmm to show your short film version of a feature-length dream. Yes. It deals with uh, police brutality. It deals with racial profiling. It deals with racial reconciliation and the need for such. It mm -hmm. deals with history not repeating itself. And you are, you're literally coming halfway across the country on the heels of news <laughs> in Utah of another name to add to a long list mm -hmm. with Patrick Harmon. Wow. So help. I, I'm not trying to get too personal. Mm -hmm. And yet at the same time, I, I, I can't not bring that up. How do you travel across the country to tell this story? What's going on in you with all of that information in one spot at one time? It's, it's Every day I watch, I watch the news all the time. Um, when I go home from work um, every day, I, first thing I do is I watch, um, I watch some form of news, um, and not just liberal media. I, I like you're trying to take both, in the stuff. I take yeah. in both sides, liberal media and very conservative media, yeah. because I believe that you got to know both perspectives yeah. in order to make it, formulate your own opinion. Yeah. Because a lot of times, both sides are right. You know, at the but we don't like the we don't we don't like to both sides have an argument. Yeah, they both, both sides, sides have, have a an point. argument, and 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 we've never really you know taken the time to understand that you know it's very possible that both sides can be right about the same situation. Hmm. Um, and uh, and but yeah, for me, I think um, I, I have a passion for this, and so I, I keep up with all of these these cases, not just uh, uh, domestic uh, the the situations that are happening. In, in America, but you know, I, I just love history and I love the I love things that are going on. I try to keep up with everything current that's going and on, and current that, yeah. events, um, especially things um, dealing with social justice and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I like to know all the facts and 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 and, and really dig deep into to uh, these stories and these cases because I'm a storyteller ultimately, sure. and I love sure. story storytelling. And so I find all these these tragic situations. Uh, uh, I, I, I draw inspiration from them as well. And so... So do you then, do you find yourself flying across the country to go to a film festival? Do you, do, do you hear that news and as an artist and as a creator you go, all right, this gives more importance to my story than even what I thought it was? Or is yeah, it, like, or are I you think dis distancing you know, the sometimes two? Sometimes I always wonder, I'm like, man, is this, is this played out? Or is this, is this, oh, you know, it's just my. too much in, in people. But then when something happens, I realize, no, this is very relevant. It, it, it needs to, 
as long as these situations keep continue to happen, the story, these stories need to be told because um, it's still very much relevant. And I don't care how many films or or how many, you know, Beyonce uh, Super Bowl halftime shows we have where they're, you know, very political. We're going to continue to to talk about it until there's a change. And so that's why I believe it is still very, very, very much necessary. I, I can't agree more. Um, I mean, I think that the 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 you can take the you can take your story and get 10 different perspectives mm-hmm. making the same story mm-hmm. and it's not the same story we need the perspectives on those stories and, that's and we why need those voices impor- heard yeah. that's why it was important for me to tell the story through the lens or the eyes of the um, white brother um, so how did you do that um he narrates uh he's he's a poet and so he narrates the the story through uh, his his poems. No, I mean you oh. as a person of color. How did you um, then make that decision, and how did you then write that decision? Write uh, that just wanted, place for me. I just wanted to do something different. Yeah. And then I always wanted to. I always wonder, like, what what is what would the perspective be, or nice. from 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 yes. uh, from, from uh, having two individuals who come from the same environment same yeah. background yeah but then they're treated completely different okay. in society yeah um and so i i always wondered that was always like a question like how would like how would just because you know they're they're literally almost kind of like the same person but they are of a different hue i just put it all together it, you're playing off of thicker than water yeah you're playing with blood they, thicker they are, than water. Yeah, thick water. That's why. That's oh, why. Oh no! And so there it is. And so yes. they they are. It's it's it's. I call it thick water because um, I want I. At the end of the day, at the end of the story, they're still brothers. Yeah. Regardless of what happened before, and regardless of of, of, of what all the mistakes. After. Yeah. yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, they're still brothers, oh and that gosh. was that's why I wanted it to. Uh, that's why I say it's it's very meta. Um, it's a metaphor for society, or or very symbolic, because at the end of the day, I believe we're all brothers and sisters. Prince, that is beautiful. And so, you know, no matter what our differences, racial differences, cultural differences, we're still all we're the human body, and we're all brothers and sisters. Not to mention the fact that if we're all the exact same, what a boring place exactly. to live in. Come exactly. on. Exactly. You know, you've I mean, it's like I don't want I, I hear my perspective all day long, mm-hmm. and quite frankly, I can really get tired of that. Mm-hmm. I need other personal, personalities and perspectives and voices and ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Because it, that's what's going to make this, that's what's going to make me better. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's selfish. That's what's going to make me better. And I feel like we've, we've lost the, the sense of just trying to relate to each other and understand the humanity in each yeah. other we don't like asking questions and, and i love asking questions i love i love trying to get to know the opposition and and why they believe what they believe yeah. Yeah. because at the end of the day they ha- they they have an experience that you may not understand yeah that's right that's right so your your goal now is where are we going? Where are we going with this? What are we wanting to do? The goal is to make this into a feature film. Yeah. I have some executive producers that are interested in um, and 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 taking this to the next level. Nice. Um, um, back in California, um, I also work at a company called Anonymous Content. Uh, yeah. They are a big production company, yeah. uh, management company. They've done films like The Revenant and yeah. 
and uh, La La Land and you yeah. know yeah, um, yeah, Birdman yeah, yeah. and stuff like. So I'm also getting it ready to uh, submit to submit to them. Um, okay. Because you know I, I work for the company. Because you already so. got a desk there. Yeah, so I'm already, I'm already there. So, um, and I, some of my coworkers, they were like, "Dude, like, they read the script, the feature script, and they was like, oh, so your feature script is finished? Oh, the feature script is done. That's yep. beautiful. Yeah, and so they 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 read the script, and they're like, dude, there's no reason why we shouldn't, you know, uh, this shouldn't be something that we, yeah. we're considering. So let me ask you this really quick. I, I, I'm typically, so just to give you a background on, on what's going on here. So Pancakes House is a production company here in Nashville. Mm -hmm. One of the many things that we uh, do is when we started the company, I told my partners, I said, guys, I want to do all kinds of fun stuff, but I want to do a podcast because I love these yeah. moments. Mm -hmm. And our, our typical podcast runs it in about an hour, hour and a half long. Okay. So it's a full conversation of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. We're not getting that at the film festival because, A, I want to honor yeah, people's wanna, time. Yeah, get so many. But, B, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's not, we got sirens going on in the background. Yeah. <laughs> we got people walking by. It, there's not a spot where we can yeah. really lock down the sound and get it mm -hmm. going so these little vignettes but I do want to know a few things because I'm, I'm interested in this so are you are you a California uh, native no I'm from Atlanta so you're from Atlanta uh, from I moved to California from Atlanta I was born right. in Dallas Texas but I moved around a lot growing up yeah. but I moved to California when I went to get my master's degree okay and I've um, stayed out there ever since I graduated two years ago so okay. I've been out there for four years all right great and uh I certainly want to put any and all information in the show notes okay. of how people can uh, keep up with what's going on. All right. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciated this conversation. Thank you very much for having me. No, absolutely. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you, Prince. Thank you. All right. Let's get back to watching some movies. All righty. And watch some movies we did. Now here to the second uh, conversation with Melina Cunningham Anderson and her documentary, Little Music Manchild. Here you go. Enjoy. Check. And we will. I'm Melina Cunningham Anderson, filmmaker. Okay, that sounds great. I'm I'm getting I'm getting good levels. Malina, may I call you Melina? Yes. Melina, uh, so one of the hard parts about doing these podcasts during the International Black Film Festival is while speaking with creators, you miss the creations in the other room. But you were so gracious to let me see the trailer for Little Music Manchild. And I, I have so many thoughts racing through my head to talk to you about. But before I do that, can you just give me a synopsis of what this story is? So this is a story of an 11-year-old child prodigy that I met in Birmingham in the year 2013. He was 11 at the time. He was being homeschooled by his grandmother, who did not have a college education. And at that time, he was studying to take the SAT and hoping to get a perfect score on the SAT. At what age? 11. And being homeschooled by a grandmother who didn't, oh my goodness. Who didn't have any college education. And I have to tell you, when we were filming and I would be in the room with him while she was schooling him at first thing in the morning, I have a college degree and I'm standing there going, I have no idea what they're talking about. And she was discussing philosophy and math and the science and things. I'm like, okay. This is, that is fascinating. It was unbelievably fascinating. And I have to say, um, so going into this in the dark, you know, even standing next to you, you offering to let me see the trailer, 
I didn't know the name of the film until the very end. And I'm watching this trailer and looking at this young man and thinking, this, this, this young man is so much more articulate and poised than any 11-year-old I've ever met, you know? And it was just fascinating to then be, basically to have my uh, suspicions confirmed when I see the title and I go, yeah, that makes sense. He's a man-child. This, this child is very mature. And then on top of that, taking on an instrument like the cello. Yes. The, you know, Prodigy gets thrown around a lot, you know? But talk to me about, the, the young man's name is Malik. Is Malik Kofi. Talk to me about the Prodigy and, 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 and what this, this young man has in his soul, so to speak. Getting back to the title, and we'll talk about the Prodigy, when I met Malik, it was at a fundraising event at one of my friends' home because Malik was trying to go to an international music festival for children. Okay. And he needed a lot of money to go. Now, this is an inner city kid, you know, family, low socioeconomic, but they weren't poor by any means, mm -hmm. just didn't have any money. So my goal was just to write the check and leave. I didn't think I would want to stay for the performance. I'd never met the child. But of course, the host set me right down front, and I couldn't leave. And when he got out, as you mentioned, he was so poised and so articulate. I looked at him again, and I said, 11? Then he started playing the cello. And what came to my mind mm. was, who is this little man child? Mm. And so that's where the title of the film came. Okay. M Malik's professors, or, or instructors I should say, called him a prodigy because they said he took up the cello at age five. His grandmother said- He's not even as big as a cello at age as, five. And they had a, a miniature cello for him that was cute. I have a picture of him oh, playing goodness. it at five years old in the film. But his grandmother said from the minute he picked up the cello, he was never noise. She said it was as if heaven was playing through him. Oh my goodness. Oh, and I don't doubt it. I mean, listening to even pieces that are played in the trailer, but I have to also say there, so again, in the dark, not knowing anything about this. I didn't know as the trailer started whether or not this was a documentary or if this was a narrative uh, because the way this is shot is so cinematic in scope. You're really, it, it, it's not what we think of in terms of documentaries per se. And I, I'm looking at some of these shots and I'm seeing some of the decisions that were made behind the camera and, I, and I'm thinking, wait, am I, Am I watching a documentary or am I watching, is this an actor or is this a, you know, and I, I just, I just really enjoyed that experience. Can you talk about your direction of that and what made you decide to go that way? Well, my background is television news. So okay. when I did the film, I actually am the writer, producer, director, and there is no voice narrative in it. The people speak, they tell their stories. And I was blessed to be able to work with three guys, uh, one whom I'd worked with before, who all came from television news. So they knew how to shoot a news story. And mm -hmm. me coming from a news background, I knew what I wanted it to look like with the lighting, yeah. the color, and so forth. And I didn't want it to look like a grainy documentary that someone had just grabbed a, a camcorder and just you know followed. Mm -hmm. I wanted it to have the feel that you got, that you were watching a movie, but you knew you were watching something that was true. Yeah. I mean, it really does transcend that. Thank and there, you. The, uh, 
I, even in the trailer, I had a lot of favorite shots. I don't know if you were watching me watch it or not, but I, I was really, I kept kind of coming in closer and closer to take it in. And, and what were your favorite shots? Uh, my favorite shot uh, in the trailer is the one of the young man sitting in the church on the side. You've got him in the thirds, but he's sitting there and you get the scope of his cello sitting on his lap and the size and the scope of all of that. It was just such a beautiful moment. And then there were several moments where you had racked focus in the midst of a moment. And I just, I was like, yeah, again, I, there, I talk about this a lot with content creators, with directors, with uh, producers and writers uh, specifically. You know in a movie, in an experience, you figure out pretty early on in a story whether or not you can trust this artist and whether or not they're going to take you on a journey because so often we can get lost in our own work and 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 it was a moment where i felt like early on in that trailer i'm like i can trust this voice i can trust this artist to take me on this journey thank you and uh i i thoroughly i can't wait to watch the whole thing well you know? thank you it's interesting when we were shooting there were days sometimes when i'd have both photographers shooting and the guys would literally be arguing and fighting among themselves and i would say to them give me your vision don't try to shoot like the other person, mm -hmm. but make sure that we can marry shots. So if you're shooting close up and he's shooting wide, yeah. it needs to make sense. You know, yeah. Do things that are creative because this is a musical piece about a creative genius. So we don't want a flat shot, 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 pan left. That's right. And so I was very, we had so much footage. We started out working, we thought what would be just a week ended up being a three-month journey with mm. his child. Mm. Well, and so how great for you to be able to give the direction of telling photographers, hey, I want you to actually be the musicians in the studio making the music. Absolutely. And somebody's going to play the rhythm. Somebody else is going to play the melody. Let's work together exactly. to tell a musician's story. That's great. I mean, that's great directing on your part. And I think that's the beauty of having been in television news. If I had not been in television news with these strong egos of these guys who wanted the film to be what they wanted it to be, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have known how to say, nope, 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 and pull it back in. But because they trusted me, they all knew me. I uh, was a, a, a journalist or anchor in Birmingham, Alabama, the end of my career for 12 years. Okay. And during that time, I had won several Emmy Awards. So I knew how to tell a story mm -hmm. visually because as a creator and even as a journalist, if you don't have the pictures to support the words, then it's like a disconnect with the audience. If you're saying one thing and they're seeing something else, it doesn't come together in sure. their minds. Sure. But with pictures, even if you don't have words, if the pictures are shot correctly, you don't need words. That's fair. That's very fair. I mean, you know, unless your budget can get Sir Anthony Hopkins or Morgan Freeman to narrate, you really need to make sure that those pictures are going to match up. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, okay. And so um, I have two last questions for you, because I also want to honor your time and be able to take in all of this rich content that we have available this weekend. But uh, one of the two questions is, uh, how... So you mentioned that you've been in journalism and in television for quite a, quite a number of years. 
how many of these ventures have you taken? Is this your first time out of the gate? This no, is, come this on. This is my very first documentary film, believe it or not, that I did four years ago. And literally after we shot it, I put it on a shelf and did nothing with it until earlier this year, a friend of mine in Atlanta, I live in Atlanta now, mentioned that she worked for a film festival. And I said, you know, I did this documentary and I threw it on a shelf. She said, well, you should enter it in some film festivals, including ours. And hers was the Bronze Lens Film Festival in Atlanta. They mm -hmm. had that festival in August of this year, and I won Best Documentary. I also won I in the La Jolla uh, Impact Docs, and, uh, and now I'm here at International Black Film Festival, and I'm waiting to hear oh, back man. from about seven more that I've entered in. Two I've been contacted that I'm on the short list to be selected. So maybe you should be doing this for a living for the rest of, you know, <laughs> for at least that, for the next, you know, 50 years or so. Well, you know, I mentioned that to my husband. I said, the thing about being a news anchor and reporter, literally you're doing documentaries every day that are two minutes long. Sure. A news story. Yeah. And I said, this gives me the opportunity to not just give you a snippet of what the story yeah. is, but be able to delve a little bit further. Yeah. So, yes, I, I, I plan on doing this. I have my next documentary teed up. I can't talk oh, about it no, yet. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got to be surprised. Yes, but, uh, but I'm excited about this one as well. Well, I'm absolutely going to want to put any information so that people can uh, stay connected with this project and learn more about this young man specifically. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes for the episode. Uh, but my last question, and this is an old journalism question that I learned years ago from a, from a friend of mine. Uh, is there anything I didn't ask you that you really wanted to talk to me about? I think the main thing I wanted to talk about once you see the film, it is about an 11-year-old child prodigy who, by the way, is 16 years old now. But in the <laughs> film, you will see that the real story is the grandmother. Mm. If it were not for the grandmother, you know, we all wish we were as smart and articulate and talented as this kid was at 11. But the grandmother saw at birth, as you'll see, something about this child was different and yeah. she nurtured it. If every mother or parent or grandparent would nurture children the way this woman nurtured not only her 11-year-old grandson, but his twin brothers who are 12 years older, mm. I think that parenting would be turned on its ear. And so the documentary focuses on this child prodigy, but it's the grandmother to me that's the backbone of this story. There's, I mean, definitely that is going to come across in what you're saying. And you're saying that this is, you know, yeah, we can focus on the front and center, but let's realize that there's something back behind the scenes, so to speak, that exactly. has brought this to fruition. Right, if she had it's not so recognized beautiful. it, nurtured it, and fights for it, as you'll see mm. in the film, then I don't think Malik would be where he is today. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing this Thank story you. and for your work. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks. Well, there you have it. There's another episode of Pancake's House podcast and uh, the great works that are going on uh, around this country. We've got another one next week and we, we you know, we're just going to keep going and going and going with the, with the uh, interviews and the conversations from the International Black Film Festival from last year. If you're listening to this right now uh, and you don't know what you're going to do for the Oscars, definitely check out the International Black Film Festival. They are doing a, uh, they're having a party y'all and I, I can't say enough about the amazing people that work at IBFF. I have come to love them like family. They are just giving wonderful 
people who, yeah, I, I, I really consider them to be true friends with my best interest at heart, and I certainly have their best interest at heart as well. Uh, as I said earlier, we are screening our documentary on uh, March 26th. I'm very excited about that. If you would like to take a chance at getting to see that screener here in Nashville, you are free to check out our website, pancakeshouse.com, or go to the film's website, writeoutfilm.com, and you can submit to see if you can get into the screening as well. Uh, that screening is actually sponsored by Loden Vision Centers, which is really a beautiful thing, and we are excited to partner with them in this venture. Got some other stuff working, uh, and going to be excited to share those things with you as they become a reality. Last thing I'm going to say, and I'm going to have to say this every time for a while, we rebuilt a podcast, which means that we lost all of our subscribers, we lost all of our followers, all of our whatevers. So please go onto iTunes and rate us and review us. It's not going to take you but a few seconds, and for some reason it really does count. It really matters when people subscribe and when people write reviews to our show. So you can do that on iTunes. Just search Pancakes House. But what, what am I telling you that for? You're already listening to this thing. You're already halfway there. So tell all your friends, and uh, I'm going to take this phone call because it is uh, the wife of the man that we did the uh, movie about. All right. Have a great day.